Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA for Money Show, episode 76. In this show, we will be reviewing UFC Vegas 18, Overeem versus Volkov, and previewing UFC 258, Usman vs. Burns. I am Bob Boss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind on Twitter and also here on Haps. I'm here with Real Mike, Mike Copenhaver at Don't Cope it Just Win, and Mikey Gilman at Mikey Gills, Mr. Handlebar himself. Also follow the show on Twitter at MMA for Money Show. That way you won't miss anything. Real Mike, how you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful, man. Stoked to be here to talk about some UFC, to be here with our fans and have a little bit of chit-chat inside of the, you know, the chat. Mike Gills, how's life? Oh, uh, very busy day today. I uh, so almost didn't make the broadcast. I had to do a quick little little shape up over here. But, you know, we're good. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being mesmerized by the whole, just <laughs> the whole everything. I'm, 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 I'm here for it. <laughs> for those of you who aren't watching live, and if you're not watching live, that's, that's just on you. But you're missing out on a fantastic aviator handlebar mustache fu manchu situation going on by mike gills don't forget the leather jacket don't forget the leather jacket leather jacket and when you first hopped on did you take it off were you also wearing a silver cross or am i imagining that look you you know i took the rings off the necklace off i didn't want it to jingle against the microphone just which i completely (laughs) understand Uh, awesome well quick thank you for everyone who's already hopping uh in the chat watching live we got 65 people already watching live we got Mike Gill's brother in the house here. We got Jake, girl from Kansas City. How you doing? We got uh, Yassine in here from St. Petersburg. Man, how you doing? Okay, we'll keep hitting the people there. Obviously, throw questions in there. If you got them, we will keep checking. While the MMA for Money show is here live on HAPS. Obviously, if you're watching live, you're in our comments. You understand that. What is HAPS? It is a new platform that makes it super easy to simultaneously broadcast to all social media channels. If you've downloaded and subscribed to HAPS, you will get 100 free coins for joining, which you can use to support work at the MMA for Money show or other awesome people that you can subscribe to, people that have hopped in on our show, people that have hopped in our comments. They have their own channels that you can check out. We have our own individual ones, occasionally putting stuff out there. Uh, you can find the show itself on HAPS if you're here now on Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, the RSS feed. We also stream live on YouTube and have the shows there after the fact, as well as like little tiny little tidbits and breakdowns of whether it be the DraftKings lineup or our free bets and sometimes recaps. Just depends what the show entailed. You subscribe, you will never miss a show. Now we got we got to change something a little bit. We got to do to do a little speaking at you for a minute because we're trying to help you. We're, we're always trying to help you. So time to time, and frankly, not enough times, we bring up Mr. Primetime himself. That's MMA for Money, the patriarch of all things MMA for Money show, site, you name it. One thing you have to know about him is he is his staggering ability to win you money at NASCAR. That's plus 100 units average per season for the last 15 seasons. Right now, he's actually running a sale uh, on these packages, which like as far as I could remember, I don't remember that ever happening before. It's it's a hundred dollars off 
a NASCAR package. And those are available at MMA4money.com slash premium dash packages. The NFL may have just had its Super Bowl, but NASCAR has their Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. The Daytona 500 is this Sunday, and that's when the sale ends on, on Valentine's Day. So get, get your Valentine to buy you this, basically, and you can buy her back whatever you want. But if you wait until then, you will also miss some of the lower series races that are on Friday and Saturday. Don't wait. One more time. That's $100 off a NASCAR package at MMA4Money.com slash premium dash packages. Now, now that's done, and we'll probably rebring that up a few times because if you want to make money, you'll make money. You make big money with him. We're going to review the Overman versus Volkov. Basically, I'm just going to like steamroll through the results, and we will go back and hit a few, few sad ones and maybe kind of wax poetic on Alistair Overman for a little bit just because because he deserves it, man. He he deserves it. I think. Hmm. Uh, sorry, you seen if the if the. Not you seen yeah, Johnny be good. If your picture froze, it will hop back. Obviously, all that stuff resets itself, or you might need to re-hop back in, and then we will be frozen. I know you like to see how animated we are. We'll get right back to it. Um, Volkov versus over in the fight card. Devante Smith wins by TKO. Doctor stoppage. That I though on on Justin James. Uh, Timur Valiev got the unanimous decision. Sung Wu Choi, the underdog there. Wish I would end up betting that. I talked about betting it, but didn't. Yeah, we all we all three of us liked them. And we all yep. and then and, but then I didn't bet him. What, what was wrong with me? I looked back after the <laughs> yeah. fact. I I went for other gigantic underdogs, uh, for less, which hit. Yep. But I didn't actually go for him, which I was actually way more confident in him, which which is beyond ridiculous. Uh, Carol yeah. Rosa beat Jocelyn Edwards. Uh, Oday Osborne got a KO left cross in the first round against Bonder. Clay Guida. That's right. Believe in the carpenter there at plus 180. <laughs> got the decision over Michael Johnson. Yeah. Kind yeah, of Michael Johnson is uh, such a disgrace. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and so is Mike Rodriguez, who lost in the next fight by yeah. second round rear naked choke. I mean, kudos to Mikey Gills for having uh, Marquez in his DraftKings lineup. But I mean, oh, we're, no, no, we're, we're going to talk we're, about that. Oh, yeah, we absolutely will. <laughs> we are, the few things that we're going to hit for sure is we're, we're, we have to talk about Clay Guida. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> we got to talk about uh, Mike Rodriguez laying his egg, and then we'll have a few more as it goes on. Uh, Lara Procopio got a unanimous decision over Molly McCann. No shock there. I, mean, I guess the odds were a little bit off, but uh, Cody Stamen versus Asker Asker didn't happen because, like, an hour before fight time or whatever, Asker Asker was just like, hey, I don't actually have medicals, so we're not going to fight. And then he got booed from the UFC. Today or yesterday. Wonderful. Uh, Alexander Pantoja got the name decision over everyone's hype machine. Canel Cap, Manel Cape, Cape. I'll get it right eventually. But El Dariush won a split decision over Carlos Diego Ferreira. A little, little bit about that one. Uh, Renault versus Chaison was canceled. Sanhagen made everybody sad. It's just like I say, he made everybody sad. That was, it was so <laughs> vicious, made everyone sad. And then in the main event, uh, Alexander Volkov. Made everyone sad, sad round two. Uh, they're both the sad fights of the night. I don't know. I think, actually, I think the Overeem one might have been the more sad one. But uh, had Overeem just – okay, we'll, we'll get to that one eventually. So we're, we're going to jump back. First, uh, we went one and one on bets. Uh, how DraftKings do? Just, and just give me the points total, and then we'll go back to some high points, and you can give a full rundown on it. Well, we, we did four of six for 440 points, and uh, that's without talking about Mike Rodriguez. So whenever you want to circle back, just, you know, let me know. <laughs> yeah, still, still, still pretty good for not our best week, uh, and we've been, you know, on a roll. So yeah. uh, Mike, Mikey Gill has been killing it. So you guys keep up with him because uh, next week I feel something big. 
Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, thank you to everyone hopping <laughs> in the chat. Thank you, Brad Trashuk, for subscribing there. Uh, Johnny Be Good, I already said hey to you. Everyone, please hop in. We much appreciate it. With the, we're at scotch under 200 people here right now. Oh, wait. Santiago Ponzanibio. It's a stitch back. You it's can gonna go back up. to bed. It's going gonna, it's gonna to keep coming up. Like I, I feel that it works, <laughs> and I'm going to believe it into existence. I, I promise. Um, really, the... Um, the main fights I want to talk about is I want to talk about, about the Michael Johnson Cleguida fight, the Mike Rodriguez uh, Marquez fight, and then uh, the main event. Um, other other than those three, were there any ones you guys wanted to hit for sure? Uh, I, I, I want to just touch on the the, the uh, Mike Rodriguez, the Miller Marquez, but we can get to that. We can go all through your stuff first. No. Mine's just a okay. general complaint. Sure. Well, that one's in there. That's the yeah. He brought it up. I want to he brought about. it up. So, yeah. But the first one I want to talk about is Michael Johnson because they kind of, they kind of mirror each other in a little way. Um, and I'm wrong. I didn't have the stones to even make it for a full unit bet on Clay Guida, but uh, if you look at my Twitter, I did it to win one unit, and he had dipped a little bit. Is plus one set was plus one seventy seven, so it was, it was kind of. A little over, not quite fully. I, 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 I said I wish I would because I was so confident in talking. I was all into it while we were talking on the show, and then I just didn't quite have it to put enough down. But it, exactly what happened is Mike Rodriguez, uh, Mike, sorry, hopping again, ahead again. Michael Johnson looked amazing. He did, and he always does. And then he fell apart, and he lost to Clay Guida in 2021. This is ridiculous. I, I agree, uh, Brad Puzzy. Ponzi scheme, Santiago Ponzi to fall apart because of my sins. And then, but I'm going to keep using him uh, almost like voodoo because apparently it's that voodoo that you do that when I say his name, we get more views. So, well, hello, Mr. Pop Prime himself, Marble Man 31 is in the chat. How are you doing? Um, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just happy for Clay Guida more than anything. And the fact that Michael Johnson is like the best worst fighter ever. He is the best worst fighter um real mike how are you feeling about clay guida in that fight uh, clay guida i mean uh, he looked i guess wonderful uh, I, I just can't believe that uh this you know i guess was he 40 years old jumping around with uh, little pigtails in his hair looking like the brat uh, i i just can't i just it just makes me sick that he's that he won that fight you know like i i know he could have won that fight maybe like 15 years ago but holy shit dude michael johnson you're not doing anything for yourself like I said last week on the podcast that I guessed before you even made me look good on the interviews that you did, is that you were doing too much coke, you were partying too hard, and you weren't taking it serious. And obviously you still aren't taking it serious. Clay Guida whooped your ass, bro. I don't even know, man. It was so – it's just sad, bro. Like I, the super talented Michael Johnson is he, he, a lot. He's just a detriment to his own self. Uh, he, You know, kind of like my own brother, War Machine. So Mike Gills, I want to hear your thoughts because I know you were right on with me with Guida, and I'm pretty sure you had him in the final DraftKings lineup, if I remember yeah. right. No, I didn't. I took him out. It was uh, oh, that's right. the only different. Well, the only reason I left him out on the DraftKings is because he was 7400, and I just couldn't fit him with my top mm -hmm. with the top guys that I wanted to fit in as well. But just going back to the actual fight, like the way the reason I think I picked or the reason I picked him, probably the reason you picked him too, was just I talked about how Michael Johnson is not the same fighter when he's moving backwards. He's way mm -hmm. less technical and he starts to panic a little bit. What I didn't see coming was when Clay Guida was doing that, he was going to be able to just outstrike him, just landing right hand after right hand. It was kind of insane. And real oh. quick, just want to touch back to uh, real Mike's point about Clay Guida's hair starting to get a little thin, looking a little Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25 ish. Maybe time to cut it, but don't no. ever disrespect Shawn Michaels. Was such I, the biggest fan ever. I'm just saying as someone who is follically challenged, I understand the issue and I'm just, I'm just throwing out there. One bro to another. 
Oh, speaking of Falkley Challenge, totally off topic. I had a dream last night that most of my hair was gone. Totally oh. crazy. I think it's, it. you, it's sheer shock and adrenaline that happened after Clay Guida won. <laughs> and you felt like his sheer win had to do with the – like he's the reverse Samson. Like oh, he's man. getting stronger <laughs> as it slowly fades away. You know, like you said, Michael Johnson was doing pretty good. And had, I felt like he he could have won this fight until Clay Guida hit him, I think, in the first, in the end of the first or the second, in the, in the beginning of the second. He hit him with a good right. Clay Guida hit Michael Johnson. And it, it just like totally changed Michael Johnson's respect for Clay Guida. He didn't feel, he didn't look confident after that point. He knew that basically the cardio was still there for Guida. It was impressive from Guida, and uh, you know I can't believe that I, you know, a lot of us didn't slam that kid, the man. Man, even even uh, Mr. P- Mr. Primetime himself is enjoying your Fu Manchu. It's, ah. it's 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 got a life of its own at this point. It's like I think we just hopped up fifty viewers. Yeah, I mean, fifty viewers just because of that. I can tweet it out real quick. We can you know see what's going oh, on. You might, 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 might be your new thumbnail. Porn handlebar stash, son. Because <laughs> it dude, it is. It, here's why it's good. I'm gonna explain why it's good. It is perfectly lined up. It is severe, and it does what they're supposed to do, where it goes in underneath the chin. Is that oh, slight yeah. indentation hey, underneath? Even the chin. better, folks. It's Valentine's <laughs> Day weekend, baby. Get you, you better get your women ready because they are gonna be ready for that boy. Valentine's Day. Why do you think I did this? Oh, I, I know why you did that. So I, I bet your fiance is just so happy right now. Just so happy right now. Uh, thanks, thanks, Prime. The bedroom the, door is actually locked. Yeah, this not- is why our fiancés <laughs> don't like uh, us at all. And then uh, Bob's wife hates us. So we love you. She likes me, though. So that's good. I guess that's all that works. But uh, uh, thanks, at least we have that going for us. Exactly. Uh, thanks, Prime, for the Creative Genius Award. I'm going to go ahead and say that has to do with the mustache more than anything. Thank you, Marble Man, how are you doing? Saying hi to us on Periscope. Yes, Periscope is linked in here on Haps. One of the greatest things that's about it's we're kind of split evenly currently viewership between Haps and Periscope, like 120 or so on each. So thank you everyone who is hopping in. Thank you, Jackie Girl, for that super hard award. And if you notice when we when we talk about how our fiancés hate us and your wife, Bob, we jumped up like 30 plus viewers in a second just from the fact that the women just the guys love hearing about how. Your women just hate you guys. They hate us. You know, they I don't hate know, us. man. That was, like a, that was like a 90 jump. We went from 250 to almost 350. I don't want it to become that kind of show, though. I, I'm willing to, like, use the voodoo of Santiago Ponzinibbio to, I'll be, a, to, to, like, to, to, like, to knead the dough, if you know what I'm I'll saying. I'll be your junior Tom Likas if you guys need to hold on to something, okay? $40 dates. <laughs> don't go over that. Don't be wasting money on a bunch of flowers. These girls aren't going to appreciate. Keep it simple. Okay, keep it on. Sorry, and all the girl viewers, I love you. Please don't quit me. <laughs> I mean, if you quit him, just don't quit us. Like, I mean, if you yeah, quit one yeah. out of the three, you, you, we still got to like, Just like them better than me, and I'm the dick. I'm the bad guy. That's just all you got to do. It works out. Okay, well, it's time for Mikey Gills to shine. Um, I, I knew that Mike Rodriguez had his issues, so I said I would never trust him with my money. But oh, you not only went the other side, you had him in DraftKings. He was a big score for you. Not Mike Rodriguez. Yeah, Marquez, no. please, please tell me about how Marquez just did you oh so right. I don't know who told you Marquez did me oh so right. I played Mike Rodriguez. I don't know. I don't know what this Marquez. Dude, I thought you went. Dude, I thought you went Marquez. No, I didn't. Of course not, dude. Did you hear how bad I was shitting on Marquez all week? Like, I know. Really? That's why I was surprised I, I, when I thought I saw Marquez. I was just like, wait a minute. He. I, I would have corrected you earlier. I thought you misspoke. I was like, all right, I'm just not going to you know say that. But no, no, of course I didn't. All right, look, we'll start off with that one if we want to. Look. 
I, Mike Rodriguez, like, I'm done. I, I, I'm done with this guy forever. Like, he lost to Danilo Marquez. Like, I'm not even sure that guy's a real fighter. And now he's 2-0 and in the UFC despite being objectively terrible. And, like, what hurts the most about this is I could have played Volkov for $200 less. But I was like, you know what? Uh, there's some things I like about Reem in this fight, blah, blah, blah. And I missed out, like, 125 points and, again, thousands of dollars because we had 440 without him. We would have been up in, like, the 565, 70 territory. That is money. That would have been the highest score on the whole show. But no, Danilo Marquez. Yeah, it wasn't good. But uh, me and Bob, we, we were both, you know, we weren't high on, um, you know, Rodriguez. We said he's slow. They nicknamed slow. Yeah. He his brain's he's a quit, he's a quit maybe, He's a quit, quitter for sure, obviously. I mean, he, he literally just just gave his neck up just so cute for Daniel Marquez. So either way, it's just disgusting to see these guys with so much talent. It reminds me of, like, you know, when you're in elementary school and you see the taller, bigger, like, guy that you think is going to be really good at basketball, and then you're just like, bro, you can't even catch <laughs> fucking ball or dribble what fucking good is your height get off the basketball court well you guys are talking to literally the one person on the planet who picked ed herman to beat mike rodriguez and it happened you know you know a little things on the side but still like that's what happened and i'm like that's how much i didn't believe in danilo marquez anyway i'm done with him never talking about him again uh just rifle through the rest of this real quick two two positives two of our three underdogs hits and that's what the takeaway from this whole thing should be consistently finding underdogs and DraftKings is how you make money in the long run i made a smart choice i bailed on manel cape like i won't lie i succumbed to peer pressure you guys and like That's everyone right. else in the world right. was like, nah, nah. So that was actually a smart peer pressure. Uh, you know, Benil Darius, Laura Procopio, they both came through huge 95 and 110 points respectively. You know, beyond that, if your underdogs are hitting, you don't need to get lucky just as much. We just cut, to, we just uh, got past the Mike Rodriguez stuff. Don't ever, ever need to mention that again. Uh, Rosa and Valley have also hit big. Can't be mad at that. It was our last underdog, the Hail Mary pick, Justin Janes. Couldn't quite find success. There was one moment in the fight where he cracked, uh, what's his name in the head? Uh, Smith in the head, wobbled him for a second. I literally jumped up on my couch thinking, oh my God, it's happening. That would have been three for three on underdogs. Just couldn't pull it off. Whatever. 440 points, four or six. Not terrible, not good either. We'll get back to it this week. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just, I mean, that must have been when you talked about, because in your breakdown, you were talking about how you went with Ed Herman. So I must be like, oh no, he's, he's picking against uh, Rodriguez again. I don't know why that clicked. Yeah, no. Either way, I can't remember everything. I don't claim <laughs> to remember everything. And I, I, this time was probably just mesmerized by the Fu Manchu. And oh, it's sorry. just like, it's prevalence. That's this entire show, basically, it's prevalence. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm ne- I'm never gonna be able to get past that. I'm probably just gonna stare at it for a while. I mean, you would think that some of the next fights we want to go on are like with like the win of Pantoja and stuff like that. But I mean, like it's a, it's a, it's a straightforward fight. It was a good fight, but like the one that I really want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about the Alistair Overeem fight, and for a couple reasons. Well, one, I mean, I, if you want to hear some more of my thoughts, I actually wrote a little something on the site for it at MMA for Money dot com about this fight specifically Elster over him where he went and, and where he's going in my opinion but just in terms of the fight it was the dude ended up crawling on all fours away from somebody after getting dropped that's a thing that happened mm-hmm. and I, I think I guess I need a minute to collect myself um, <laughs> like Mikey Gill's Feel free to talk about that for a little bit while I regain composure. 
Well, it's we all should have known what was up at the weigh-ins when Alistair Overeem was made to look like a, about an eleven-year-old child. Like the the size difference was staggering, and honestly, that threw me off. It threw me a little bit more on the Volkov. I was picking Volkov to win it anyway, but it was the weigh-ins that's that really sealed it for me. But in that fight, it's the same thing that we always talk about. Alistair Overeem has the worst defense in the history of mankind. He puts his hands up like this and stands still and lets you punch him. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know how the hell he became a kickboxing champion like that. Maybe he just got used to it with the bigger gloves and he never, you know, he's had too many hits to the head. He didn't realize it doesn't work in MMA. But, nah, it's just, it is what it is. Volkov's next generation, what is he, 29 years old, I think? Uh, really solid, striking, big, powerful guy. That guy's going to be a problem going forward. No, absolutely. Thanks, uh, Marvel Man himself, for that dollar award there for the teamwork, dreamwork. Appreciate that. Real Mike, Alexander, Alexander Volkov, Elster Overeem. More thoughts on Elster Overeem, but I mean, because we can all see that Volkov is up for big things. I mean, that's just kind of clear at this point with him putting on all that weight and actually still being able to move. But your thoughts on Elster Overeem, like where he's at now and going forward? Yeah, I mean, I I liked Volkov. That's the reason why I bet him uh, when they fought Derek Lewis and he upset me. It's just the only reason I had personal feelings from that fight, and that was the reason why I wouldn't even uh, lean when on the show or give it out. But I personally bet uh, Volkov. I, I just knew that his striking was going to be too much for uh, uh, Overeem. Overeem, you know, it, he doesn't like to be hit anymore. You know, his, he, he literally, once he gets hit in the nose, you know, he, he just remembers the feeling of being broken or crushed or whatever it is from his PTSD. But uh, over him just does not look anywhere near himself. It's it's just really pathetic. Like you said, on our, all fours, crawling away from your opponent. It, it, it literally, you know, there's memes across the whole internet. Look, saying uh, this is my girlfriend after round two. And, you know, but that the, it's it's just sad to see your you know some of these great athletes and like that on the shield. But you know that's the nature of the business. And Volkov looked absolutely amazing. Uh, finally, you know, using his strength, uh, you know, distance and range and patience. He looked like a great striker, and, and he showed it there. So it was uh, quite impressive from Volkov. And, you know, it's it's sad that Overeem showed up for that paycheck because him guarding his face was really soft. In his defense, it's a fat paycheck. Yeah. Like he, to <laughs> oh, yeah. show, his, he has always made ridiculous money to show. He's got that OG deal from. No, uh, no, 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 no. He has that OG deal that no one has. He yeah. has the Lorenzo Fertitta individual deal. That's what I was just saying. Yeah, no one else had. No one else had that. He was no. the one that had that. They like he's coming on the way in. Lorenzo signed him personally, and he was one of the few people that had just a ridiculous to show amount of money. He didn't have to. I'm pretty sure he didn't even have a win bonus, but like his to show has always been ridiculous. This is just another further stamp on my crusade against USADA in general and keeping <laughs> drugs out of my athletes. Uberim was my dude. He had to completely figure out an entire new way to fight because they took him off his special sauce. I'm not talking about the Poirier hot sauce. I got to get in the fridge over there. I'll go get it. But it's not quite going to give him the steam that what he had going on before. So USADA is no fun. They take away all my fun. And because of that, like I, I'd, I'd boycott them if I could, but I don't know how that would actually go about why did we do USADA? Who did they, they, they did it to make it a better sell right before they were going to sell, to make it look more legitimate. But at this point, let's just get rid of it. I'm sorry. Just a quick mini diatribe on USADA. The fact that it's a complete scam and all it does is make guys that have the money for the good stuff keep getting to use the good stuff and the guys that can't afford the good 
stuff to fall between the cracks. So Alstrovereem, I miss you. And more specifically, Uberim, <laughs> I miss you, babe. So <laughs> should we do a moment of silence or no? We're already running along. I know we're running along. That's always what I was going to do a moment of silence. Hello to Arika there that that stay stay safe for it. Appreciate that. And we got tons of people, tons of people happening. Wow. Um exactly. Brad, I agree. Let them juice, especially Overeem and the people that you know clearly need to juice. And at this point, you let them juice for so many years. Yeah. Just let them keep doing it. Like I'm You're not saying let's get crazy, just keep them within normal limits. And by normal limits, I mean superhuman on this side of not exploding. Yeah, there is no sadder photo in existence than the side-by-side -side comparison of Vitor Belfort from like oh, 2011 versus like 2015-ish, whenever he, whenever he was off the saw. Everybody knows the photo that I'm talking about. One of them, he looks like Godzilla after they nuked him, and the next one, he just looks like a corpse. It's terrible. Anyway, I'm with you. The fans never asked for you, Sada. Just bye. We don't need you anymore. We're on screen. You know. Hello, Lucia. Lucia? Sorry for pronouncing that terribly. Uh, from the Haps team themselves, thank you for hopping in. We're going to go into UFC 258. I know you're you're wondering, like, man, you spent so much time reviewing that, even though it was mainly <laughs> on one fight. But don't worry about it, because like there are some fights here that are going to get skimmed in a major way, especially like a couple of them where it's just, man, it's rough. But UFC 258, Usman versus Burns. That's an amazing main event. And it used to have a good co-main event, and it used to have a good pay-per-view opener. Some of that stuff has changed, but there's still some good fights on here. Um, first, we have Jillian... Robertson plus 120 versus Miranda Maverick minus 140. Real Mike, thoughts on not Random Marcos, but the other girl that dyes, dyes her hair red. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jillian Robertson, you know, uh, her jujitsu is her best asset. And uh, in, in this matchup, I think that her, her she's going to have a little bit of size advantage for one of the first times ever versus Miranda Maverick. Um, I, I think that, you know, that's going to play right into what she wants and that's getting on the ground and uh possibly getting her a submission or just keeping control of the fight i i like it's not that i don't like random ravik and random ravik doesn't have a, a good uh game herself it's that she's she's just a little bit smaller than than you'd want to you'd want to bet on in this situation especially with the women on the side of mma i just think that uh, robertson's just just a little too big in, in those grappling exchanges and wrestling that size advantage and strength will pay off uh right now it doesn't look like much on paper but when they get onto the weigh-ins um i you know i just really think that there's a there's a much bigger size advantage on jillian roberts than uh, it looks right now on paper but I, i'm gonna go with jillian roberts i think she wins yeah, uh, stay on Jillian Roberts, 7,700 on DraftKings, one against Miranda Maverick, 8,500 on DraftKings. Jillian Roberts needs a few things to be successful. Um, she needs opponent who she needs an opponent who can't outstrike her. Maverick can. Uh, Robertson needs to have a clear gra a clear grappling advantage. And while I, you know, I do think she's definitely the better grappler. It's like her wrestling isn't so overwhelming to get it there that I'll put money on it. You know, Robertson's obviously a black belt. She's proven she can submit people, but she's also proven that it's not automatic for her to submit people. Like. We've seen her get dominated on the ground against Santos. We've seen her in bad positions against other fighters. Like basically what I'm getting at is she's not the female Damian Maya. And, you know, Maverick's going to have just a clear advantage on the feet. She also has like, you know, a, a wrestling game that can keep her out of some trouble. 
you know, on the ground, she's not a slouch. Like I, I don't see Roberts submitting her from like the, you know, it, from any kind of position that isn't perfect. And I really don't see Robertson having a game that's strong enough to hold her down for the majority of this fight. So the way I see it really playing out is Maverick's going to beat up Robinson on the feet, and Robertson's going to have, you know, she's like, panic wrestling. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Like she's going to start getting touched up, and those shots are going to get sloppier and sloppier. And I just think she's going to get beat up during this fight. So for me, it's Maverick unanimous decision or you know late TKO. You know my uh, tendency on all of these fights, anything outside of the top eight female MMA, I'm picking Robertson because she's the underdog. That's my breakdown. Yeah, this, is, this is garbage. This is garbage. <laughs> Next <laughs> up, we have two fighters that I don't even know at all. I'm just being 100% honest. I'm always honest if I don't know fighters, and this is one of the rare exceptions where I don't know either. Gabe Green is minus 135 versus Philip Rowe, plus 115. Mikey Gills, give me some info because I straight got enough. I'm right, so, so glad you I'm so glad Mikey Gills got it first because I, <laughs> I, I, I we're gonna be straight up honest here, okay? I do my homework and I do research and I know my shit about MMA, but these two motherfuckers, these two motherfuckers, I don't know anything about these two motherfuckers. Kick it, Mikey. Well, I, one, I just want to say thank you for the trust that you both are just like, hey, try, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Gabe Green, he's nine and three, three knockouts, six subs, going for eight thousand on DraftKings. Uh, lost his UFC debut to Danny Rodriguez back in May. Very important to know because it's going to come up in this review. Is that that was a very short notice fight for him? Um, but you saw a few things in that fight. Very good gas tank. He can take a punch. This guy can go all day. Also, like we just talked about it, one hundred percent finishing rate. Love that. Going up against Philip Rowe, seven and two, three knockouts, four subs, eighty-two hundred on DraftKings. Uh, he's making his UFC debut after winning on Dana White's Contender Series. Also, one hundred percent finishing rate. Problem with this guy, he's pretty hittable. You watch him fight, he's got a good reach, but he doesn't really use it that well. Like, imagine if John Jones just stood in the pocket the whole time or something like that. It's just, it's one of those type of deals. But, you know, when this fight got released on DraftKings, I got excited because I saw Green at 8,000 and I thought it was Bobby Green. I actually texted, uh, I think both of you and uh, talked about that, but I, I got a little cheered back up when I realized that it was actually this Green because. <laughs> No, I mean, when I looked at it, I saw, I like the, I like his advantage in this fight. Like you hear me talk about it all the time. You should really try to get one of those 8,000 to $8,200 guys that can make or break your lineup. Like one of those valuable things in DraftKings, having a strong lean for either guy in that spot, which I do like green has cardio for days. I'll try to, I'll try to wrap this one up quick. He's got cardio more aggressive on the feet. I think he's the better striker of the two on the ground. These guys are both going to go for submissions. I'll also take green on that one. Um, I'm not putting him in this lineup for our show, but I will tell you guys that are watching, I am going to put Green at 8,000 in a bunch of lineups uh, this weekend, just not the actual show one. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with Green. <laughs> I'm literally not breaking down this fight. I do not. I'm not even going to give you guys the shred of confidence that I know what I'm talking about on this fight. So okay. I'm not even going to pick one of them. That's how little I know about these fighters. I saw their <laughs> pictures on Tapology, and I was like, it could have been a guy at the grocery store today. I, I, I got nothing. So I'm going to use my time. Cowboy. There you go. I, <laughs> it doesn't do much because, I'm sorry, the BMF ranch has not produced anybody other than Cowboy, and he built it. So <laughs> I'm just trying to help. <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. So I'm going to use this time that I would to break down a fight to give a shout-out to Mr. Ryan Richardson himself, Mr. Kick Your Bass. He's in the chat. He's the man. He basically he basically bankrolls this whole thing. So it's true. It's like give me a shine. Gotta give him a shine. <laughs> and he deserves it way more than these people. <laughs> so but we're going to a great fight. The next fight is a legit great fight. 100 percent 
above board, super pumped for this fight. I was mad that it fell through when it was going to happen earlier. We got Ricky Simon. He's minus 250 versus Brian Boom Boom Kelleher at plus 210. Real Mike, tell me about the mullet versus the follically challenged. Yeah, this is going to be a really good fight. Um, you know, Ricky Simone, uh, I just, I, Simon, however you say it, I, I think that uh, his wrestling is really, really fun to watch. His scrambling, uh, the transitions, the the output, the cardio, uh, stuff like that is, is really quite amazing. Um, but I, the his number right now is, is a little steep for his striking. His striking is is not all there, um, you know, for the number that's represented. I, I, I want us. I want us. Wanted to say that you know Ricky some, uh, Simon Simon was going to come in here, be able to take down Brian Kelleher and just actually dominate him for three rounds, because I that's what I really you know feel like should happen. But that's if Cody Stamen just didn't do that recently to um, Brian Kelleher Kelleher recently. So I, I I'm really wary of that now because I feel like Brian's not the he's the type of guy to lose to Cody Stamen, who was a great wrestler and uh, improve his takedown defense so he could use his striking a little bit better. So if he does do that and implements that game plan, it will work very well for Ricky uh, or for Brian versus Ricky. I'm going to pick Ricky here to win this fight because I love wrestling and jiu-jitsu and, and the cardio that Ricky puts out. I'm all about that. I think that that's what wins fight, kind of like Usman and uh, Colby and the likes. Um, but don't get it twisted, man. If he can't get Brian down and keep him down, um, he's gonna he's gonna be in in route for a rude awakening on the feet, and so uh, if you like Brian Kelleher, uh, Brian, I would go you know TKO will be a possibility, but I'm going with uh, Ricky Simone. Yeah, uh, staying on Ricky Simone, you know he's uh, 9100 on DraftKings, like should be fresh and confident, looked great in decision win uh, decision win just three weeks ago, going up against Kelleher at 7100 on DraftKings. You know, looking to capitalize on a really strong 2020, went three and one with three finishes, only lost coming to the one that Mike just talked about to Cody Stammen. Um, look, I, I, I want to pick Brian Kelleher. Like I, I do, but like, I, I even wrote a little jingle about it that I wanted to sing, but you know, like the better part of my brain's telling me to just, I'm embarrassing myself enough already. <laughs> so not going to do it, but you know, you know, Kelleher, he's not a bad fighter. He's dangerous off his back. He's got power in his hands. Like, you know, despite his record, there's just, there are, there are a lot of things I like about him, you know, but Simone is just so aggressive with his takedowns and Kelleher is just so willing to accept them that like i just see this fight turning into a rinse and repeat series of takedowns positional battle eventual mm-hmm. stand up and then right back again so like as for DraftKings, i do recommend simone even at mm-hmm. 9100 he routinely scores over 100 points in decisions i do have a slight worry that he could play it a little safer to avoid anything tricky from kelleher but but i do expect a lot of takedowns and you know with control time and enough strikes staying busy the new scoring on DraftKings, like you're seeing dominant grapplers start to score a little higher so i'd recommend simone like you know even in this fight with a dangerous opponent maybe a more dangerous opponent i'd recommend him over Bala muhammad for a hundred dollars more just the way they the way those two usually score out so yeah i like simone in this fight yeah, for sure. I think that, like you said, he's going to rinse, repeat, and take him down. There won't be any space in the small cage uh, at the apex either. So I, I really think that Ricky's going to have the chance to just smother him. Yeah. He absolutely has the chance before he gets tired. Because <laughs> he gets tired, and he yep. also gets hit in the chin, and he goes in wild. And Dermont, yep. he's rightful favorite, absolutely rightful favorite. Yep. I do think this number is blown up a little bit because how dominant he looked in his last time out versus – a nobody um and kelleher is hard to back because he is the type of dude who will beat who he's not supposed to beat 
and lose to who he's not supposed to. And uh, granted, he's supposed to lose to Ricky Simon. That's absolutely true. But I'm, I'm sorry, I would not be surprised if in the third round Keller can touch Simon is up, or in the first round can land something super hard on uh, Simone when he's on his way in and drops. Yes, I'm aware that I say his last name different every time. Go with it. <laughs> um, so I would not put Simon Simone. I'm just going to go with Ricky. I'm going to go with Ricky. I hate how, how, how about Simon the Sea Monster? That's a name. That you can See, mark the hardest that. part is if, yes, this is going to go uh, reference to the fact that I have children. If you've seen uh, Chipmunks Chipwrecked, uh, <laughs> Simon becomes infected with a strange venom from a spider and he turns french and he calls himself simone and then oh. it's, it's it's wonderful but so it keeps going back and forth in my head i apologize i hear it different <laughs> i hear it different all the time but i would not trust him with my money he should win but i wouldn't be surprised on brian kelleher like it's i want to bet brian kelleher because he's a dog and he's going to fight for that money but he, there's a very big chance that he looks just awful um obviously we got a little bit of backlog here so i want to say everyone Thank you to some people that are hopping in here. Uh, thank you for Mel underscore M8 or mate from there down under. Thank you for hopping in. Lynn 0129 has hopped in. Thank you, Johnny B, for your award. Thank you, Mel. You, I just said you, I didn't even realize you gave some, thank you so much. That wasn't because of that. I had to scroll back through the chat. Thank you to the nearly 800 people here watching us live already. Why you want to listen to us three idiots, I don't know, but we're moving on. Next up is a fight that's a little bit of a dip, but it, it should be have, relatively fun to watch uh pollyanna viana plus 135 versus mallory martin minus 155 mikey gills thoughts on this all right so I'll start off with pollyanna viana she's going off on uh, 7600 on DraftKings. uh lost three straight before beating emily whitmire like the notorious emily whitmire back in august going up against mallory martin 8600 on DraftKings. It, Thrown a really tough debut against Werner Jandaroba, like, you know, bouncing back, beat Hannah Cypher. Everyone beats Hannah Cyphers, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, the, the thing about this fight is neither one of these girls can punch their way out of a paper bag. Like, this fight's going to be decided by who has the better wrestling, and that's Mallory Martin. And, like, it, if you're familiar with, you know, with Viana, you're probably like, but, Mike, she has seven <laughs> submission wins. She submits everybody. Like, I don't care. Look who she submitted absolute cans this from top to bottom like she herself tapped to an arm bar a year ago like she isn't like this amazing grappler grappling wizard that her you know her record says she is like yes mallory martin does have a recent submission loss but it was in her ufc debut against verna like we just said like verna is better than any two of viana's uh opponents combined really like don't get cute with this pick it's eighty six hundred dollars martin should be a safe mid-range play but you know do beware about this Martin is not a finishing machine by any stretch. And Viana, for all the stuff I've just talked about her, she is hard to finish. It's only happened once in her career. So, again, mid-range safety pick. Martin, go for it, but don't expect any crazy high score. Yeah, I mean, Mikey pretty much nailed it. I mean, both these girls striking absolutely sucks. Uh, Martin's wrestling is in jiu-jitsu is a little bit superior than Pollyanna. I feel like in the smaller cage that the wrestling is going to hit the ground anyways. Um, so Martin's going to be my pick for this one. I think a three-round decision there's sometimes that like one single thing happens to you as a fighter that makes me never able to back you just period and the fact that mallory martin got knocked down to the floor and almost nearly finished by hannah cyphers i'm out i don't i'm out i'm out so i'm gonna go with viana like I, I know it's a dumb little thing but there's just certain things that i see happens in certain fighters i can never back you ever even if you end up 
proving me wrong. I just, I can't do it. And so there's no bet involved. Yeah, again, don't bet that this. Don't this bet is lower this tier female MMA. So again, going my rule, Viana plus 135. Love it. It's okay. This next fight, I was beyond upset when this got canceled because I had a good take on it when it was originally um, put out there. But uh, the, the prices ballooned up and then they had to push it because one of the people got COVID and then now they're coming again. And then the opener was where the other one ended at, which is a little bit rough. Uh, Jago Lima. No, not Douglas. Know that this like you, we almost need to change this to like the the Lima brother rule. Like this is definitely Lima light. Um, this is Diego Lima, the, the definitely not better brother. Plus three twenty five versus Bilal Muhammad minus four hundred. Real Mike, talk to me about remember the name versus the lesser Lima. Yeah, I mean uh, Douglas Lima, I like a lot. Diego Lima, uh, not. Quite so much. I think that the Bella Muhammad is the is the favorite for a reason. I think that uh, his heart, his cardio, his output. Um, he's been in there with some wars with some of the you know better fighters in the UFC. Uh, Lima's. It's not that he's bad. He's that bad. It's just like he's just just kind of blonde there. You know, uh, he's supposed to be really good at striking. You know, he's kind of iffy there. And then on the ground, you can't really trust him uh, that much there as well. So. Um, I just I I can't pick. Obviously, I'm not going to pick Lima. I'm going to go with Bilal Muhammad to to win and uh, quite easily. Yeah. So uh, start off with Lima. He's going for seven thousand on DraftKings. Muhammad's going for ninety two hundred. Uh, with this fight, like the game plan on how to beat Lima is already out there, and the thing about that is like Bilal Muhammad could have written the game plan himself. So like my issue for this fight really is just when it comes to DraftKings, it's like no. Uh, Bilal Muhammad, he hasn't broken the 100-point barrier since 2016 against Augusto Montano in the last fight of Augusto's career. So, you know, the flip side of that coin is that when Lima loses, he does like actually to put on a show. I'm looking at it right now. Like, five of his six losses have been by stoppage. Like, yeah, I don't really see too much of a hope for Lima in this fight. He's going to get out grappled. He's going to be on his back. And I just don't see this fight going his way at all. You know, for $9,200 though, you really should go in expecting a hundred points or more on DraftKings. Do I see it? I don't know. Lima's a vet. He's tricky enough to maybe keep himself safe. And you know, who knows Muhammad, he might just figure that he knows the decisions in the bag and opt just not to push for it, you know, but at the end of the day, I do think this is a good safe spot for Muhammad. But at the same time in this price range, I do like Ricky Simone a little better for a hundred dollars less my roughest thing with this is in the early first time this was going to happen i had this this just this thought of the fact that diego lima it he's not he's not cast iron he's he's it's not that he's soft it's just the fact that he can get put down and he can get bullied and he can uh, gather damage over the course of the fight gets tired all, all of those things and Bilal Muhammad pushes and he pushes and he pushes more and he beats you up and he goes for it. How many fights he's had starts to get worrisome for me because um, obviously he's taken a ton of damage. So I was trying to, to 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 lean in and think, oh, hey, maybe inside the distance because it's plus 295 and that's obviously way better than the minus 400. But um, minus 400 is so steep, but he should absolutely win. He, he absolutely should. So if you have a specific prop take on this, it's like – Go for it, because I'm sorry. I don't think Lima has like the one-stop power just to come out of nowhere and just smack him and, and put him out. I do think he'll be able to put him against the cage and bully him and beat him up, take him down, and just do a flawless game plan. Will he get a finish? I hope so. The plus 295, I'm not sure I'm going to get, but 
definitely be very low. Like I agree with Mike Gill. It's going to be a very low scoring fight. Has a tendency to be, but it's going to be a lot of cage yeah. control and Bilal Muhammad just basically doing whatever he wants to the lesser Lima that no one's ever been super high on except his much, much better, more handsome championship caliber brother. There, I said it. <laughs> Speaking of way more handsome talented champion Rodolfo Vieira minus 390 versus Anthony Hernandez plus 320 Mikey Gills thoughts on the clean wink wink Braz- <laughs> Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion all right so yeah start off with Rodolfo <laughs> Vieira 7-0 one knockout six subs going for 9300 on DraftKings he's the alpha dog on the slate very expensive uh 2-0 in the UFC two arm triangle finishes going up against Fluffy Hernandez 7-2 one knockout five subs 6900 it's like oh you fancy yourself a grappler too we're gonna find out um you look you look at Fluffy like he's lost two of his last three and one important thing I have to highlight for this is a submission loss to Marcus Perez just back in 2019 like I was shocked when I was looking at these two, like they don't even look like they're in the same weight class. Like it's kind of nuts. Like mm-hmm. I was, it reminded me like, of watching, like you guys remember that show Oz from HBO? Yes. Like, when they had, yeah. Yes, remember, they had, remember they had that boxing tournament and uh, like skinny ass Cyril O'Reilly was yes. fighting Chucky Pancamo. Yes, like, <laughs> no, like, like seriously, Fluffy better like put some like chloral hydrate in Vieira's drink if he wants to win this. Like that's the Are you going to bring up that they put stuff in his water? It was, was, it was cl- Chloral hydrate is exactly what it was. I, too I, I, I don't know why it's still in here. I have no idea. I, I can't do. I can't it's do Je- that. It's for Jeopardy one day. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, I, Fluffy doesn't have a bad a bad ground game, but you know his confidence might actually be a negative in this fight against Vieira. So easy pick, nothing crazy. Vieira is worth every shot. Uh, top of the slate, ninety three on DraftKings, or I wrote it down differently on each one. It's either ninety three or ninety four. It doesn't matter. Pay it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on this one, I automatically I felt like, oh, man, Olvera is going to win this thing by submission. Easy. But, uh, you know, that's that's normally not how things usually are. Um, what I'm worried about is that uh, Hernandez, he was uh, at a pick with Kevin Holland not long ago. Uh, the fact that he was a pick versus Kevin Holland, a guy that is uh, so highly you know thought of right now, um, it, it just it seems weird to me because um, like uh, Matthew Holt on the Die Hard and May podcast, he brought up. He said it just seems weird that, uh, you know, if you put um, Vieira versus Kevin Holland right now, you wouldn't have the line where it is right now. But you had Anthony Hernandez at a near pick versus Kevin Holland. You know, so it just I mean, if Kevin, if, if Hernandez can get keep this thing off the ground, which is a huge, huge if he, he can really damage Vieira's face and end up winning this fight and shocking a lot of people. But I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. I love wrestling, and uh, I think Vieira's jiu-jitsu is that good that if uh, this kid gets on the ground with him, that he's going to be absolutely fucked. So I'm going to go Vieira by submission. But don't be surprised, like I said, if somehow um, you know Vieira gets clipped by something standing because he is not all that on the feet and not even close. I like going out and supporting the roided out Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. It's just <laughs> – it's. It's, it's this quirk I got. I don't know. It's just like it, it, it just it just hits me just right um, um, in terms of like how the um, odds have been and stuff like that. No, like against Kevin Holland would be different. But in the interim from fighting Hernandez, Kevin Holland did what he did to like some of the bigger names in the division. Hello, dude, we got Pablo back. Sorry. Hey, Pablo. He just hopped in from Los Angeles. He's, he's one of the men that has helped us so much. Uh, from oh, the Habs team in the early goings, getting this whole thing going. Much appreciated. Very much. Wow. Okay. Sorry. I divulged. 
it's not even the appropriate term, but I'm going to stick with him. <laughs> I'm going to power through. I'm going to power through so no one notices, but because I'm lingering, I'm lingering, people will notice. But I'm going to go with Rodolfo. I do think um, the odds are a bit skewed, um, absolutely. And I do think that, like right now, him him by submission specifically, I think is minus 175, which that's is stupid. That's ridiculous. That's um, I, I do think he has the opportunity to get it against the cage, uh, land a trip, and have uh, control for majority of the fight. If the sub is there, the sub is there. But more than anything, I think he's going to win. I wouldn't pay the minus 390, but I, I would love to see a highlight real finish here. I hope it happens. But I, I could definitely see this being uh, – on the lower end uh, for scoring for DraftKings, unless he gets that finish. And th- there, there definitely is a spot there for the finish. And again, you got to go with the roided up yeah. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu champions. We're, we're like, getting he, that finish. He, he grabs the arm, like the stuff going through his veins, make bones pop out. It's science. <laughs> like there's, there's just no way around it. Um, going going we're gonna stick with the science kick because someone fighting in the next event uh just just defies all science and it's not the first person i'm talking about it's the second person bobby green is minus 260 against jim miller plus 220 yes jim miller is still in the ufc mm-hmm. <laughs> that's an actual thing that is happening real yeah, mike got- thoughts on bobby green versus real mike I mean, it pretty much can be. I feel like I just <laughs> talked about this guy last week because uh, Michael Johnson, Bobby Green, you're like the same dude. Uh, you can't trust them. You don't ever trust them with those big numbers. And it's just it's really weird. Um, Jim Miller, man, uh, OG of the sport, you know, been around forever, you know, but obviously, you know, he's declining. He's getting old. You know, I, I don't know. man. I felt that way about Guida. So this is I would never ever pay the money for green. I'm not going to. Okay, so I, I so I would say dog or pass if you're going to do this. Um, but it's just like, man, does Jim Miller have anything at all compared to what Guida gave us? And I mean, man, he took Pichelle's punches and uh, you know Pichelle from a hometown punches really hard. And so I, I want to say that Jim Miller can somehow miracle pull this off, and I would absolutely love it. So I'm going to go Jim Miller. All right, sort of the Bobby Green here, 8,900 on DraftKings. Well, an absolute roll in 2020 until he uh, came into that last fight against Tiago Moises. Looked a little tentative, not being aggressive like he had been in his previous three fights. And this next thing, I just have to point it out because I love saying it. And it's it's actually germane to this fight. He has not been submitted since 2009 to upgrade Dan Lozon. Sorry, I just have to throw that out there. Shout out to the Tap Out Show. Um, going up against uh, Jim Miller, 7,300 on DraftKings. Uh, do you guys want to hear a fun fact that everybody sure. loves fun? Sure. Jim Miller has not won a decision since 2016, and that was against the absolute corpses of Tiago Alves and Joe Lozon. Do you guys want to hear another fun fact? Nobody? Sure. Nope. All right, cool. Thank you. I need Bob, something. Bobby Green lost a round to, uh, to that, Clay Guida. That is not my fun fact. That is not my fun fact. <laughs> my fun fact is that Bobby Green pretty much only wins by decision. Like, sometimes he fights well below his capabilities. Sometimes the judges decide they hate him. But like it or not, Bobby Green's style was built from the ground up to beat Jim Miller. Green is hard to take down. He's got very good cardio. He's fast, accurate punches. Jim Miller is not who he used to be. Ever since that Lyme disease kicked in, his cardio has just not been there. Like, it reminds me of, like, when Mike Swick had, like, those esophageal ulcers or whatever the hell he had. And, like, he had to change his diet up his entire physicality change with it and he was just never the same guy anymore like and i guess pretty much when anybody becomes a vegan like sorry vegans don't come after me i know you guys are a cult anyway like but for real like bobby green like 
he just he's built perfectly to beat Jim Miller's style. I think Miller comes out hard like he always does. He sells out for takedowns, and at some point near the end of the first or the beginning of the second, you're going to see that shift take over, and Bobby Green takes it on the feet. So Bobby Green, highly recommend him, highly. And Bob, you said something to me on Twitter. Maybe you didn't believe in him. Is that a thing? I don't know. No, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 my entire premise on everything <laughs> is, is Bobby Green going to Bobby Green? <laughs> and yeah, he wins decisions. He also loses decisions because he gives fights away. That's a real thing that he does. And I'm, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, Jim Miller's not what he once was. He, he absolutely, but he's good once as he ever was. No, we're not going to go that route. Yes. He, <laughs> Bobby Green, absolutely. He has every, skill to win this fight he absolutely does but he has the skills to win the utter vast majority of his fights and he tends not to yes he was on a bit of a streak but he still has the same stuff there where he thinks defense is its own reward and by that i don't mean like oh he's not getting hit i mean like he he feels i said that kind of wrong he feels like he's getting points for dodging strikes he's getting points for slipping punches He's getting points for dodging two, throwing one. But the judges don't see that in MMA. They just see someone throwing shots at you. And it really depends how the early goings of this fight go. I just, I think uh, Jim Miller's a bit live here just at this price. I'm not going to pay him right now because the, the, there is just so many of those possibilities. Like the, the Lyme disease thing is scary. Like I heard an interview with him that when it's really, really bad, he has to use the banister to go up and down stairs and every step is agony. He'll get a twitch that lasts for days. Like when it's bad, it's bad. He's taking medication. So I don't know what the weight cut does to that. If Jim Miller is... 85%. He is very live in this fight. I just don't know if he's 85%. So I'm going to pick Jim Miller based off nostalgia, but no bet on this one thus far because there's too many things that scare me away from it. And I've been burned Bobby Green plenty of times. So that's why I'm moving on. Next up, we have Julian Marquez. Minus 165 versus Coconut Bombs himself. Mackie Patolo plus 145. Mikey Gill's Coconut Bombs. All right, uh, we'll, we'll get to him in one second. Sorry that Marquez going to 8,700 on draft change, seven and two, five knockouts, two subs, 100% finishing rate. Do like that. Uh, then got Coconut Bombs. Patolo is 7,500 on DraftKings. Lost two of his last, I'm sorry, uh, lost his last two and three of his last four. And he also has an earlier career loss to Dakota Cochran. I just like mentioning that. If you know, you know. Um, deep I have cut. no. Yeah, deep, deep something. <laughs> Keep going. Anyway, like, no, I like. When I'm watching this fight, like tape on this fight, like I have no earthly idea, like why Julian Marquez or what he's done in his career to be an $8,700 favorite on DraftKings. He's seven and two. He hasn't fought since 2018. He hasn't won a fight since 2017. And he's coming off a pretty major injury to his back with some bad complications after the surgery. Like I think this this price fund here has more to do with Patolo's recent losses than it does at Marquez's overall skill set. Talking about Marquez, like he's just so damn hittable. Like, I I don't I don't feel comfortable putting my money on guys who use the Homer Simpson defense. Like, I can't lie. There are a few things that worry about this fight. He can crack. Like, you know, Mackey's proven to be kind of crackable. Like, when with this layoff and Mackey's activity combined with his improvement, like in his striking, like I I, I see I see ways for Mackey to win this fight. Like, yeah, Mackey's three. He's lost three out of his last four, but. You watch him punch. He punches in combinations. He keeps his hands up. Started throwing kicks recently. Like he's mixing things up pretty well. Like it's just a matter of putting it all together on fight night. And for seventy five hundred dollars on DraftKings, you need underdogs that you think can win with paths to victory. I'd rather bet for seventy five hundred dollars on the guy who is there getting better 
versus the guy who wasn't really all that great before the layoff and hasn't shown me anything to make a believer. So for our lineup this weekend, I like Mackie Patolo over $7,500 on there. I see a path to victory for him, and I'm going to play him. Dare you say what I'm thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, real Mike. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know, we love the Hawaiians over here on the MMA for Money show. Uh, Mackie Patolo, uh, you know, is no different. So I'm, I'm going to be rolling with Mackie too. I think that he is more athletic and he is meaner and he's uh, tougher and he's le- he's got a higher ceiling. He's uh, c- he's continuing to learn. Um, he's been thrown in there for some tough fights, you know. And uh, Marquez to me isn't that that tough. So I think that Marquez is super hittable, like you said. Uh, and I just think this is a spot where uh, Mackie can actually win here. So I'm going to go with Mackie Patola to win. Yeah. Well, I'm going to add a third on that, mainly because I, I just think this is going to be, for every old school MMA fan, a slobber knocker of a fight. I just really <laughs> think it's going to happen. And it, both guys can crack. Um, obviously, Patola can get put out, but he throws with power. And if you have two guys that are going to throw and you're just hoping whoever lands first, you want to go with the underdog on that. So I'll go with Patolo. Quick thanks, Pablo. I mean, we, we shouted you out, but thank you for the Appreciate You Award. And then Mr. Prime himself, Jason throwing in the Great Reporting Award. Really appreciate that. Everyone there, all about 1.1K of you people watching live right now. Again, don't get it, but hey, appreciate it. Um, next up, we have one of the biggest headed bantamweights you will ever see. Andre Uhl, plus 125. First, Chris Gutierrez, minus 155. Real Mike. Talk to me about this fight. Yeah, uh, me and Bob spoke. Uh, this was one of the first fights that immediately we agreed on. Uh, we liked uh, Chris Gutierrez. I think that Chris Gutierrez uh, striking, um, he, he's got some really good leg kicks, and they're very, very strong. On, Yonder Yule uh, stands very heavy on his front lead leg, uh, super, super skinny chicken legs. Uh, I've talked about them before on the podcast. Uh, people like that. Once you get hit, especially on that lower outside calf or, or anywhere on that thigh, it, it just your, your leg reacts differently, and uh, the movement that Yule – uh, relies on i feel like isn't going to be there in a smaller cage i feel like gutierrez is just all around better mixed martial artist even on the ground and jiu-jitsu wise um you know Andre yule's definitely you know he's got some decent striking got a nice left hand but uh he's got terrible cardio and he's just not that guy so I'm, we're going to be uh betting uh chris gutierrez times two on this what's the bob's app up it's at minus 155 so that'll be 3.1 to win you guys too so uh, we really like uh, Chris Gutierrez, as you see in the spot. And so I'll let Bob uh, finish off the, his feelings on it and then we'll let Mikey hit it. Yeah. Well, Thank just kind of, kind of echoing that um, most of those statements a lot. And there is this weird, I don't know if the mental thing, certain fighters have it. Um kind of has it where he likes to lose in the third round and, or late in the second, but he likes to lose in the third round. And Gutierrez has finished people in the third round. And the weird thing when those things match up, those are the few times you can get some of those crazy props. And I can give you guys a crazy prop because Gutierrez, I'm actually surprised by these odds. And that's why I like it so much at minus 125. I'm kind of shocked. I thought this was going to be much higher than that and be too steep for me to, to play. So the fact that it's minus 155, I am all for. Um, obviously, getting in on that reach is going to be difficult. So luckily, Uwell doesn't check kicks. And at some point he gets tired and more easily taken down. And when he's taken down, Gutierrez will be able to go to work on him. So uh, it might be if he first round, depending, he has to put in that groundwork early, um, keeping him at bay with the leg kicks. And then when he does come in, be willing to throw. But I really like Gutierrez here. And since we both like it so much and way more than anything on here, especially with some fights that we've lost on this fight card, 
Pedro Munoz. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm all for I'm all for Chris Gutierrez. So yes, that's uh, Chris Gutierrez minus one minus one fifty five to win you guys two units. Mikey Gills, feel free to dump all over it. I, I don't know. I'm not going to go against you guys this week. I, I honestly don't know what I could add to what you guys just said. Uh, Chris Gutierrez. I, I, again, I heard about this fight like as I was leaving work. I haven't had a chance to like watch tape, but he would be my initial lean regardless. So yeah, whatever you guys just said. There's no DraftKings prices yet. You can follow me on Twitter at Mikey Gills with a Z. Um, I'll let you guys know how I feel about it once that comes out and where he stacks up with our lineup. Sorry, I know we, we've been trying to finish by one hour. It still hasn't worked out yet, but you know what? Apparently <laughs> 1,400 yeah, of you are okay with that. So yeah, we'll we, we, just, oh, wow. we just keep talking. We Mikey's like, it's going to be a short show. I'm like, yeah, bro. You <laughs> well, it was going to be, but then we decided to go a little bit deeper on Overeem, which I think you have to sometimes. You have to sometimes. Um, next up is someone that I have I have never been more roller coaster up and down with a fighter than I have been with Kelvin Gastelum. Kelvin Gaston was minus 230 versus Ian Heinish. Mikey Gills talks to me about this fight while I, I try to calm down and don't just start yelling at Kelvin Gaston. First of all, that's not how you spell that name. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, Kelvin Gaston, uh, 8,800 on DraftKings, at a real crossroads in his career. He's lost three straight, but you know all the top guys, to be fair to him. The other side of that coin is his last five wins were all against aging vets on their way out the door. But, I mean, he's only 29 years old. He's a real solid wrestle boxer, cardios for days. He just needs that that right win against a contender, getting him back in there into that upper echelon discussion. Ian Heinish, he, he might be a great start to that. Heinish going 7,400 on DraftKings, lost two of his last three, coming off a get-right fight of his own against Gerald Mearshart. So, to quote the great Ja Rule in the greatest movie ever made, Fast and the Furious, we all knows a few things. And one of the things we knows, that's Ian Heinish. What do we know about him? We know he can't hang with guys like Darren Brun- Derek Brunson. We know he can't hang with guys like Amari Ekmedov. Uh, combine those fighters and we might start to get something like a Kelvin Gat. Like, you know, we, we also know that he hasn't shown or that he's shown pretty significant cardio issues. Like you slide over to Gastelum, like he can strike with anybody. He's taken the heads off former champions. He's gone five rounds with arguably the best striker in the sport. He doesn't slow down. He can go all day. Like my old joke about him, I used to argue on Facebook. He's called him Kelvin Gas Tank. Like it's really stupid. I admit it, but like whatever. I, I stand by everything I've ever said on the internet ever. Don't check my MySpace wall. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think I think we've seen that Gastelum is just an inch shy of that upper echelon. You know, he's still got all the tools to mop up guys below that level. You know, Highness is coming along, striking's getting better, but he's 32. And like, I think we've seen a, a, an approximation of where the ceiling is. And I think Gastelum works him over pretty good here. So 8,800 on DraftKings, probably worth it based on his average points. Yeah, I mean, if Calvin Gastelum cannot win this fight, I mean, it, it's really fucking sad. I mean, he's literally went rounds with uh, Adesanya, the best striker there is in the UFC, um, you know, and didn't die. So I just, I really can't believe the, you know, the skills that Kelvin Gastelum possesses, but it just does, he just never comes to fruition. Uh, I don't know if it's you know because he's just an awkward body size and he just happened to be in between uh, weight classes anyways. But it just seems like Kelvin Gastelum just never quite fits in uh, in a role. Um, his wrestling is amazing. He's got really good cardio. He's got really good uh, uh, striking. Um, you know, Ian Heinich on the other hand, um, you know, he's a st- very strong guy. He, he, he 
he's very brute like when he strikes so he, he throws a lot of with a lot of power it uses a lot of energy and so his cardio uh, it lacks at that i just don't think that ian heinich even though i do like him and his story and everything i just don't think he has it to beat a guy like kelvin gasolum and if kelvin gasolum can't finish a guy like heinich i mean he needs to hang it up completely agree i just i don't know I'm, i get soured on gasolum because i he has an amazing performance. So like I bring his ceiling way up and then he gets finished by Chris Weidman. So then I bring him way down. <laughs> I'm not Chris Weidman, Chris Weidman, Chris Weidman. Yeah. Now, if you can't see, I'm pointing directly down, indicating that I'm talking about the present time. Chris Wide Oldman. Yeah. What's that salt and pepper he's got going on? It's severe. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Prime himself, for the God Jokes Award. We appreciate that. We, we try to bring some levity. <laughs> and I want, again, we're, we're mid breakdown, but uh, thank you. Uh, we just, at, we're at 1,600 people watching live right now, which <laughs> that's never happened other than our special Sunday edition, which we had some help with. So this is kind of uh, a little bewildered at the moment, but I'm going to bring it back to fighting, I promise. I, I love you guys, everyone. I, I'm bring it back. I swear I'm going to bring it back to fighting. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum, he loses when he has someone that is a more nuanced striker than him because at the end of the day, even though he can throw some pretty solid kicks, he's a boxer. So a more nuanced striker can beat him. That's not Ian Heinish. A stronger bigger wrestler can beat him that's what chris wyman showed and a few other people that's not ian heinish so he should absolutely destroy ian ian heinish and if he doesn't i'm just i'm just done with him i'm borderline done with him now <laughs> but it's like his last chance to be like i'm still really good you guys i'm elite i could actually fight for the championship i don't care how close you get it to close close of a fight you get with the champion it could have been his best night ever and I'm, I want him to have more of those because he has the skill. But sorry, if, you, if you're ever wondering why we're trying to cut it at about an hour, there's a chance for some technical difficulties. Difficult. That was my own personal technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> we can get some technical difficulties once we break the hour mark. We seem to be good, doing good now, and we're to the co-main event. That, that's perfect. Well, it's a co-main event. It's not the co-main event. It's just a co-main event that it's. It's a coming event on a pay per view, so mm. we're gonna talk about it's it. It's the second to last fight. It's the second. There you go. There you go. It's the second to last fight. I would rather have Kamaro versus Gilbert and Usman versus Burns as the coming event main event. But we're, <laughs> we're doing we're working with what we got. Um, Macy Barber, fresh off her humiliating defeat against Roxanne Modafari, is plus one twenty. Versus, sorry, that was my little personal thing there. <laughs> versus Alexa Grasso, minus one forty. Real Mike, uh, talk to me about Macy Barber versus Alexa Grasso. Yeah, you know this this fight. I mean, you know, definitely doesn't deserve to be a co-main event, but at least for a women's MMA fight, this this will actually be something uh, worthwhile to watch. Uh, Macy Barber, uh, I'll start off with her. Uh, you know, super young. You know, she's just barely gotten in the sport. She's learning uh, a lot each and every each and every month and each and every year. Her jujitsu's, you know, getting there. Her striking is is pretty good. Um, I see what they see in her for the future, but like right now, man. I mean, I, I've been high on grasso and um i can't blinking on the top of my head who the other uh, hispanic chick was um either way but i've been high on grasso since she came to the ufc her boxing is really really sharp um I, I just she just disappointing you know every once in a while i don't know if it's just uh the the lack of being a killer in her um but i mean to me grasso's got better hands than macy barber i feel like she's got better kicks i feel like she's been there with uh, better opponents 
Um, but it's it's this is just a tough one, man. If Grosso really wants to win this fight, I feel like Grosso can win this fight. But I know that Macy Barbara has made a few moves. She is training with uh, Juliana Pena. She's just getting a lot better, at least with the groundwork when that comes to that. But I still feel like Macy Barbara's striking is not there. If you could lose to Roxanne Matafari, I, I've just I feel like that uh, Alexa Grosso can really uh, can win here. I was thinking about making it a bet, but I didn't want to give any uh, shit show picks. So I'm going to just uh, pick with Agrasso to win this fight if she wants to, and we'll see. Macy Barber tore ACL in that fight. Let's stop pretending that Roxanne <laughs> Matafari just beat her ass. What are we talking about here? Uh, I don't know, bro. My I don't know, bro. says that Roxanne Matafari beat her ass. <laughs> All that we know is we won. That's and, God damn it. All right, anyway... um. Macy Barber, 7,900 on DraftKings, coming off the torn ACL loss to Roxanne. Apparently, that vaults you in his co-main event status, though. Going up against uh, Alexa Grasso, 8,300 on DraftKings, been alternating wins and losses since 2016. Apparently, that also vaults you into main, co-main event status. So I have a conspiracy theory about this fight, and we need to get into this. I've said it on Twitter. Some of you might have already seen it, but... I think that in the immediate wake of the Stephen A. Smith controversy about women in the sport, the UFC saw an opportunity for some cheap PR, threw this in as the co-main. I really don't see any other reason for that. Part two of the conspiracy theory is that the UFC actually wants Macy Barber showcased in a get-right fight. They obviously threw her in there against Roxanne Modafari to win. I don't want to hear an argument. They threw her in there to win. And they're going to use the limited shine from the Stephen A. Smith controversy to showcase an attractive, very violent girl to the audience. Like, when you look at these two and their styles, like, Barber's, to me, it's just going to be more effective. She's that pressure-heavy fighter. She throws bombs. They're in a smaller cage. She's going to keep Grasso backing up most of this fight. And, you know, like, Barber's definitely more of a striker than a wrestler, but we have seen her take down several opponents and just rain hell from top. Grasso's going to need to have that perfect fight, that, that perfect Bisbing-style fight, volume, straight punches, just to keep Barber off of her three rounds. I just don't know if I see that happening. Like, my only real fear in this fight for Barber is that ACL injury and, like, how far along is she in her recovery? Like, it's been a year, but... I have to think she's mostly healed up by now. And if she is healthy, I think this is her fight to lose. Like she's an underdog money on DraftKings. She's true finisher. She's finished all but one fight in her career. And only one loss comes after that blown ACL in the first. I'm big on Barbara here as an underdog, $7,900. Let's go. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, you got got real high. Like this is real high. We would never, uh, we would never get so excited about Macy Barber. It's okay. I'm going to get real low. (laughs) I'm going to really get real low to balance it out. Yeah, um, <laughs> me, um, uh, quickly, Irene Eldana is the other Mexican female fighter that you liked. Yeah, real Mike. Like, I, so, I, to- I, was, I thought about it after the fact, but it doesn't matter. I remember her last name. I was like, I want to get her first name right. I was like, do, 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 so, don't even know the girls I like. Yeah, okay. Irene Aldana um, and Grasso. I like yeah. them. Well, it was actually funny because Grasso, when she first came in, she um, – was the much better prospect and Aldana was kind of like not doing so hot. And they've kind of, it's kind of tipped the scale somewhat in terms of like Aldana, I do think more upside Um, in terms of a barber, obviously, yes, she lost because she had a a blown ACL. Uh, It was fairly close uh, before that, in my opinion, only because the main reason I went with Matafari in that one is just, it was the biggest veteran she's ever fought. So it's a a well-rounded fighter. And I'm not saying Alexa Grasso is the most well-rounded fighter. I'm just saying Macy Barber just had an ACL tear. She's been off for over a year. Uh, We're gonna be at 13 months uh, since she fought. And what we're not taking into account is it's her first loss. How does she come back from that? 
mentally, will she go forward? Will she fight? Will she be the bruiser she's always been? Her confidence for the first time has had a major hiccup. And Alexa Grasso, her striking isn't phenomenal. It's actually fairly rote. Like she, th- she throws very similar combinations over and over again. And if she executes those combinations, she thinks she wins, even if she loses. Um, I like Grasso because of the layoff, the, the ACL tear, and the shaken confidence that could be there. There's a lot of like X factors here. Like if this fight was made before the Roxanne Matafari fight, Macy Barber would be a minus 250 favorite right now. So I like Grasso here. Um, if it was a little bit closer in odds, I'd probably throw a little something there. Um, and even her, we, me and uh, Real Mike were looking to try to play Grasso maybe by decision because that's how she's going to win. But it's minus 105. It's not really worth it uh, given these odds. But there you go. We talked about the main event. Everybody do a deep <laughs> breath, deep cleansing breath. You do in with the good, out with the bad, in with the Usman, out with the Barber, in with the Burns, out with the Grasso. We're here. We're to the main event of UFC 258 Kamaru Usman minus 280 versus Gilbert Burns plus 240 Mikey Gills are you an us man are you a part of the brigade <laughs> all right well uh, we'll find out let's start off with uh Usman it's actually a trickier answer than you think Usman at 9,000 what do you want to say about him he's the champ undefeated since his second pro fight Burns 7,200 on DraftKings just looking amazing lately right away I have to do this in a certain order. Right away, my pick is Kamaru Usman, and I have to tell you that right away so I can explain like the next thing that I'm about to say. Like, This is rare. I almost never do it, but I am going to be playing both Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns this week, and I highly recommend that you do as well. Here's why. Start off with Usman. He is the definition of a DraftKings all-star. He is on the Mount Rushmore right next to like Colby Covington, Alexander Romanov, Marab Davashelli, probably some fighters who would also hypothetically be great scorers like Jay Kalina or Rocky or... <laughs> I don't know, Jake Gyllenhaal in that Southpaw Southpaw movie when he's actually right-handed. It didn't make any sense. Anyway, all of those. Usman's a motherfucker on DraftKings. Like, in eight eight of nine of his last fights, he's gone over 100 points. In five of them, he's gone above 125, and he damn near hit 200 points against RDA. Like, I think he's going to win this fight by decision. I have my reasons. Bob, Mike, you guys can go into all the hows and whys. I'm spending this time to explain DraftKings. So on the other side, we have Gilbert Burns. And like, I almost never tell you guys to stack fighters, but this is the time. The conditions are perfect. Like if it were a storm, George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg are dead. Like that's how perfect this is. Like in Gilbert's last nine fights, he's gone over hundred points six times. All but, all but one of those being three rounds. He's got five now. I do not believe Usman is gonna put Burns away. I think this is gonna be a competitive fight. I think Burns has quick hands, power, the grappling to keep Usman honest and standing. We're gonna score some more points up there. I can see potential like Cormier Steve a two points like even in a loss burns is in a hell of position to have a high floor score so for 7200 from my cold dead hands you will take this pick from me Ugh. sorry i can breathe now it's okay yeah i mean on this fight it's, this is going to be a great fight man i mean the jujitsu of burns and the wrestling of uh uzman is, is going to be something else uh the, the thing that uh separates it to me is that I, I just feel like uzman has done it you know so many times that he's proved five rounds plus for me He's, he's, he's stood and struck with some of the best fighters there there have been. Um, you know, as much as I love Burns and I love the story and I want to jump on the, the Burns bandwagon, uh, you know, Burns was super hittable and uh, has been. You know, he's not the best striker and, and still definitely working on that. I, I, and he's, he definitely throws – he doesn't have like a left hook or he's, he's not he, – very diverse standing. 
So I just I really think that uh, this is going to be a, a really weird fight. But I think that Usman is the one with the five rounds of cardio. The Usman's the one who's proved me standing up and uh, and wrestling. So I'm going to have to side with Usman on this one and uh, say and still. Dramatic pause. <laughs> <laughs> I realized like if people listening to audio was like, "What is he doing?" Yeah, hey, people watching video. All 1,700 of you, you probably the same thing. Why is he pausing? But you know what? Sometimes you just got to do a dramatic pause because I've seen a lot of people uh, going for Gilbert Burns here, um, which has kind of confused me a little bit. Um, like To me, this is very straightforward. He won't be able to get his jujitsu going because Kamara Usman doesn't get taken down. He, he goes to the ground when he wants to. Um, second... As much as Gilbert Burns has improved his striking, and he absolutely has, he is in the um, sorry in, in the Henry Hoof striking. There's a, a maturation process. Um, it's learning how to strike. That's number one. Then your offensive striking grows by leaps and bounds, and it takes a long time for your defense to come at it. Gilbert Burns isn't there defensively. Like, he was able to go absolutely ham at Damian Maya, an aged Damian Maya, because he wasn't scared to go on the ground with him. So he was able – he knew he was the better striker. And when you know you're the better striker and the you're not going to have to go to the ground with someone who that's his only chance of beating you, you go for broke. Gilbert Burns has basically gotten the title shot off beating guys that Kamaru Usman already beat. Burns used the exact game plans – like, I mean, obviously fitted to his skill set on said guys. And he had quite a year and was going to go for the title shot, and it got delayed, but we're still getting it. But you have him still at the same camp, learning from the same people. And that's why he still thinks he can beat Kamara, who he used to train with. But Kamara's with Trevor Whitman, learning the, the skills that tamed Justin Gagey. It's like he's going to go in there and he is going to have a varied striking style. He's going to be able to stay on the feet when he needs to. He's going to be able to throw. And I'm, I'm sorry, like I, I, this is a big rapid because this is a huge favorite. Obviously, I shouldn't have to overly explain myself to pick a huge favorite, but I've just seen so many people on the burn side. And this makes no sense to me. I would pay. I, I would just pray that Usman was a uh, not so big a favorite so I could find a way to bet him. Like other than that parlay piece, and I think he's a fairly safe parlay piece, unless you just have some insider info that I just strictly do not know. I think Kamara Usman, this is a borderline, not a cakewalk, but it's going to be very controlled and he's going to just put it on burnt. That's how I see it. I said he's going to beat him and would go more into it, but I'm going to start repeating myself. <laughs> at this point, which we we don't need to do. Um, so uh, before we start bidding adieu to all you fine people, all you amazing people that watch us live and will listen later on audio and will catch the replays of the video later again, Matt, we are just beside ourselves with how many people are watching us right now. That's insane. Anything from you, Real Mike, and then Mike Gills will go with you at... No, I forgot something. I forgot two things. What am I doing? I'm so beside myself. I forgot two things. The first thing, I need to review our bet for this. We have one unit. I'm not one unit. To win two units, Chris Gutierrez, minus 155. And I'm sorry. I like. I, I almost completely ruined everything for everybody. I forgot to give Mikey Gills his DraftKings breakdown. It's Mikey it. Gills, give me your DraftKings breakdown. I'm going to save you guys some time. I'm playing Danilo Marquez six straight times this week. So just, you know... 
in my head, yeah. that's how it went. <laughs> All right, now we're going to start off with, uh, we just went over Gilbert, Gilbert Burns. Like the short version to recap is that I I don't think Usman is going to stop Burns. I do think Usman is going to win. But when you look at both of their styles over five rounds, I think this sets up for a very high floor possibility for Burns. And if I truly think he's a safe 60, 70 to points as a floor, which I do, then I can't pass up those kind of points for 7,200. Like that's a low scoring win for a lot of people. So now all I have to do is hope that he doesn't fuck around and win quick or get stopped. You know, so one, either one of those. Next up. Kamaru Usman, like simply put, Kamaru Usman is the best welterweight on the planet. I think he's going to hold on to that belt for a little longer. And, you know, before he drops it to someone, he's going to have at least one more night of scoring a very large amount of points on DraftKings. If you listen to this show often, you know that I do not recommend stacking opponents unless the matchup is perfect for it. And I just believe this one's just that. Like a good stack is basically a cheat code. So I'm going to roll with that this week. Next up, Mackie Patolo, 7,500. Take away the losses in three of his last four fights and just look at the tape between these guys. Mackie is better than his record and his opponent's very hittable. And I have my concerns about this fight with like well, among the lower price guys, uh, but I, I see a definite path to victory for Mackie to outstrike and to outpace Marquez, who's coming off a very long injury layoff. For 7,500, I'll gladly take a decision win here. Next up, 7,900, Macy Barber. Like I said earlier, like I, I think the UFC knows what they're doing here. Barber is a very entertaining fighter, and at women's flyweight, fly weight, a finisher is like some kind of rare artifact that just needs to be protected. So, like, I, I'm concerned about the knee injury. I am, and I may still back off this this pick by week's end, depending on how other people's prices shake out. But like, you know, if she, or like if she doesn't look right at the weigh-ins, I might back off just because of that too. I don't know, but like, assuming she's healthy, I'm here for the win. Next up, 9100, Ricky Simone. If you're scared of Brian Kelleher's guillotine, have fun being scared. Ricky Simone has never been guillotined as a pro or as an amateur, and I don't think it's just going to start happening now. Like. As long as that doesn't happen, Ricky is going to get takedown after takedown, and get to, he's going to get those control points. He's going to stay busy enough to justify his price tag. The one thing I will say about this, though, is just a heads up for pricing and all that, depending on who shakes up. I am seriously debating putting Bobby Green in on the spot, and part of me is actually hoping this fight gets COVID canceled, so I can. So just stay tuned for that. Last up, not going to think too hard on this one. Rodolfo Vieira, 9,300 or 9,400. I wrote it down both ways because I'm dumb. But I don't have to sell you on this pick. Just imagine Hulk smashing Loki and Avengers and then throwing an armbar. That's how this fight's going to go. Um, so that's my picks. Again, we'll run it one more time. Rodolfo Vieira, Ricky Simone, Macy Barber, Mackie Patolo, Kamara Usman, Gilbert Burns. Say it with me. Let's fucking go. Appreciate the end intensity, ah. which is even more established and pushed forward with the handlebar mustache. Well, like, 1.9 thousand people. You got to bring it. You got to bring it. It's, it's true. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Like if you next week you do not have said handlebar mustache, <laughs> you might be off the show because Damn. for all we know, that's the that's the magic between that and like yeah. the subtle Santiago Ponce people. It wasn't even that hard this one. I didn't even elicit as much voodoo that you do with that. If if, if I do the voodoo that you do, oh, that's a good song. Sorry. I know. Oh sorry. <laughs> um, uh real uh real Mike, I mean to say before I do my goodbye spiel. Nah, we just appreciate each and every one of you each and every week uh, interacting with us, liking, subscribing. Uh, and like I love to say, and lately, it's just uh, keep, you know, investing and put 10% of your, uh, you know, weekly paycheck into crypto and stocks, and you'll be doing better in the years to come. And Mike Gills, I know you just went ham on some DraftKings, but obviously, much appreciated. You're a DraftKings guy. And, oh, you're, you're rubbing the mud. That's too much. I can't handle the rubbing. Sorry, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so flashbacks. 
Um, <laughs> but do you have anything to say to either the people yeah. listening later or just the sheer amount of people that are watching now, which is a thing? Yes, the only way you're going to feel better about paying for this absolute joke of a pay-per-view is to win money with us on DraftKings and following our bets. Let's go. I'm not going to lie. That, that, that's a pretty solid thing going on there. Um, well, we will be back next week. If you like this, I'm closing it on 2,000 people uh, like it this much. We'll be back next week. We're here every Tuesday night sometimes special times, but for sure every Tuesday night. We will be back next week to preview UFC Vegas 19 Blades versus Lewis. And I want to give a little shout-out. We started doing this last week. We're going to keep this going because we're just getting so much love on here. We're going to do a little Haps Friends segment for people that are giving us some major credit. This is for uh, Frazier Ramsey and uh, Mr. Ryan Richardson at Kick Your Bass. you got to check him out. He's uh, – Twitter. He's here in the Haps thing talking to us and does wonderful things for the show as well. For Bernard Dole from the land down under where the women glow and the men plunder in Melbourne, Australia. Thank you for all you people hopping in. Jamie B hopping in quick. How you doing, man? Thanks for all you're doing for us. But don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice. That's Apple Podcast for the audio later, Spotify, Google Podcast, Overcast Podcast, the RSS feed, and here on Haps. Subscribe to each of us or all of us on the show or just little, any little thing around that. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube too. There's live stuff and breakdowns of individual stuff after the fact. Um, there'll be smaller tidbits later in the week. Like, comment, share, spread the word. Man, and with that, let's roll. Mm-hmm.